Hi friends, Gerald Law here. Welcome to the Love Lake Norman podcast. Love Lake Norman is a church in Cornelius, North Carolina, whose mission is to help people find and follow Jesus. You're about to hear a message that will be helpful and hopeful. Our goal is to encourage you to take the next step in your faith. Wherever you are, we want you to know that God has a plan and a purpose for you. Thanks for spending time with us today. We hope you enjoy this message. Well, my name is Ethan. Thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, On November 21st, 2014, my life changed forever. My son Liam was born. But a few days before that, we went in for a normal checkup uh, to the doctor and they were checking my wife out and they said, hey, are you ready to have a baby? And we were like, what do you mean? And they said, well, we want to take you in tonight and induce you. And I was like, "Uh, oh, okay. So we went home and we packed our stuff and we went to the hospital and excited to have a baby that night. And they induced my wife and uh, nothing happened. (laughs) So we stayed the night and the next morning they tried something else and nothing happened. And that later, later that afternoon, they tried something else and nothing happened. We were very frustrated. So a few days at the hospital and finally we got to a point, some things happened where they said, hey, we need to take you in for a C-section. So in one moment, uh, I was in a room with my wife, uh, the doctor, about 10,000 nurses. And then just like that, I was alone. <laughs> they had taken my wife out uh, to the operating room. They, uh, they handed me a bundle of scrubs and they said, we'll be, we'll be back for you in 15 minutes. Now that was probably the longest 15 minutes of my entire life. So they finally came back to me. I was decked out in scrubs and they took me to uh, the operating room. I walk in, everything is stainless. It's just, it's just everything's silver. I see my wife there. She's hooked up to all these machines. The doctors are there and uh, it has that hospital smell that I I honestly, I really hate. And, uh, and then things start happening, right? And And I'm not sure if it's been two minutes or two hours, but things are happening, the doctors are talking, and, and a lot of movement is going on. And then finally, I hear a baby crying. And it's my son, Liam. And we get to meet him, and it's incredible. Now, the reason I'm telling you this uh, is, is this. I knew I was going to the hospital, and we were going to have a baby. I knew that. I knew that we would bring that baby home, and, and that baby would live with us for the next uh, 18 months or, or so. But what I did not expect was the feeling I had in that moment when I held my son for the first time. The feeling that I had when I looked at this baby. I found myself in a situation where I felt very small. I felt connected to something much larger than myself. I, in a moment, was swept away and I felt connected to something way more infinite than just myself. Now that process has happened two more times, two more C-sections and two more kids. And in each and every time I felt the same way. I knew I was going into the hospital. I knew what to expect this time, but I still didn't expect to feel that feeling of being connected to something that transcended me, that transcended the life around me, that connected me to something infinite. In this experience, I lost myself. Maybe you, you've, maybe you've experienced something very similar, something so big that in a way you disappeared. When we experience moments like that where we feel small compared to what's going on around us, we experience transcendence. 
Now, let me just stop you right there. You may be thinking transcendence, that sounds like some kind of weird, hippie, yada, yada, blah, blah, blah stuff. But let me just explain what I mean. When something reaches the point of being transcendent, I mean that it's ultimate in some way. I mean, it takes your breath away. In a way, it goes beyond what you could imagine, what you could even fathom on your own. So here's how I want to define transcendence. Transcendence is intimacy with the intimate. And I would say that we all look for this. Sometimes we, we find it without looking for it, but in a way that we, we all look for it. Whether we realize it to be intimacy with the infinite or not, we search out experiences, we search out relationships, we search out things that make us feel small in some kind of way. Even if you haven't had kids, you have experienced what I am talking about. We have all experienced intimacy with the infinite, the ultimate. Now, some of you are thinking, yeah, I'm not buying it. What you're explaining, Ethan, can be explained easily by science. Well, I, I would agree with you. I'm not necessarily saying you're, you're wrong. Most philosophers of the Enlightenment period in the 17th and 18th centuries, and even as recent as some of the modern day era and 19th century, they have thought that science and secularism would bury our desire for transcendence, that, that these explanations would bury our need and our search to feel small in these transcending moments. The very first Megatrends book, which supposedly foretold <clears throat> uh, the, the, the future, foretold what the world would be like in trends of the future, predicted that by this time, there would be almost no one, no one practicing religion in America or the West. Their thinking went something like this. People have longed for transcendent moments because they didn't have an explanation for how the world worked. Astronomy, biology, physics, and chemistry, they have led us to understand the world, the materialistic the world, the non-supernatural world, and explain everything that we feel. Now that we have science to tell us how the world works, we don't need God. And if we don't need God, then we definitely don't need religion. And if we don't need religion, we can abandon all things spiritual, all things transcendent, all things of that realm. But they were wrong. The Megatrends book was wrong. The philosophers were wrong. The opposite actually happened. According to estimates that I have read, there are 42,000 religions in this world. And since 1940. Five, over a thousand new religions have started in America. In England, The Economist magazine reported that over 800 new religions have started in that same time period. What this tells me is this tells me that people are looking, they're searching for transcendence. They're searching for something that science has not explained our search and our desire and our need to feel those feelings that we feel in the transcending moments. Just when everyone was predicting the end of the search of transcendent moments would come, there's an explanation for everything that we find. There's not. There's not an explanation for why we search out these moments. One author said that, they're try, that trying to stop the search for transcendent uh, moments is like trying to cork Old Faithful in Yellowstone. 
If you're gonna do that, you're just gonna force the water elsewhere. You get the visual. Our search continues, it's inevitable. It is consistent and it cannot be denied. And what I'm saying right now is not that science and God are opposing. I think they, that science and God can live together. I think they do live together. I don't wanna live in a world where science doesn't exist or God doesn't exist. I wanna live in a world where they both exist. But what I am saying is science continues to explain these amazing things around us. We are still searching for transcendence. Since the 1950s, there's been a rise in witchcraft, in new age movement, in astral projection, in healing and spiritual crystals, in belief in reincarnation, and a huge rise in folks who are putting uh, lavender oil on everything. (laughs) What this tells me, that people have a desire to be connected to something larger. They want to be connected to something larger than just their selves. And whatever you believe about the Bible or Jesus or God, I would say that you search, whether consciously or subconsciously, you search for these moments where you feel small. The reality is this. Many people want to experience transcendence, but don't want want the God who is transcendent. Many people want to feel that feeling, but they don't want to deal with the God who is transcendent. We try to find ultimate transcendence in things that are not ultimately transcendent, whether they be spiritual or not. Let me explain what I mean. One, one thing is relationships. We use girlfriends or boyfriends or spouses or kids to find these moments where we feel smaller. We feel connected to something much larger than ourselves. These relationships can be great, but once they are elevated to a certain level, some things can go wrong. You see, people aren't perfect. And when we put people on a pedestal, things can go bad. Disappointments can happen. I had a moment of transcendence when all three of my kids were born. But here's the problem with that. Those moments ended. After about the seventh day of no sleep, when I was knee deep in dirty diapers, I was like, yeah, I'm over this transcendent feeling. I'm, I'm back to reality. I'm back to reality. You get the idea. Transcending moments fade. These moments fade away from us until they're just a story or they're just a picture in our camera roll. Maybe you've gone to a lot of concerts or a lot of sporting events where you feel connected to something much larger. I was fortunate enough to be at the 2015 Panthers versus Cardinals uh, conference championship game. And it was amazing. Probably one of the most electrifying places I've ever been to in my entire life. And the Panthers won, sending them to the Super Bowl. And I was so happy and I'm high-fiving strangers. I'm hugging strangers. It's amazing. We're cheering together. There's so many people and they're cheering for the same thing that you are cheering for. It was a transcending moment. I felt connected to something larger than myself. I felt small in that moment. I was swept away in those moments. And it lasted until about two weeks later when the Denver Broncos beat the crap out of the Carolina Panthers. And that moment ended for me. It ended for all of us. You see vacations and sporting events, even your wedding day, visiting the Grand Canyon, seeing your favorite band live, biting into a Krispy Kreme donut. Those things, even for a moment, 
can feel like, oh, it's a slice of heaven. I'm connected to something much larger than myself. I'm swept away. I am small. This is big. I'm connected to the infinite. And while most of these things are amazing, especially the Krispy Kreme, there is a problem. They fade. They fade. That dozen donuts will fade away. It lives in your hips, actually. But it will fade away because on Monday morning, you go back to work feeling the same way before you experienced that moment. They all share the same thing. These transcending moments, these moments of transcendence are temporary and they fade, leaving just a memory. And if you're anything like me, after all of this, you wonder why. Why do I have this search for transcendence? Why do I have this? And why do these moments fade? If I have this desire in me and I find them, how come they go away? I believe the Bible gives us an answer to this. And I believe that that Christianity's answer, the Bible's answer to this question is is because God made you and God made me for himself. He made us for himself to enjoy him forever. That's why our search is so strong. It's built into our DNA. You see, we're just looking for the wrong thing. I believe that we were made by him, made for him to enjoy him. Maybe you're not a church or a God person, but there's a reason that you felt this desire. There's a reason that you've wanted to experience that experience, experience that feeling, experience that transcending moment. And there's even more of a reason why it fades away. There was a man named Paul and he wrote a letter to a group of Romans. And this is what he said in chapter 11, all the depth of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God, how unsearchable his judgments and his paths beyond tracing out. Who has known the mind of the Lord or who has been his counselor? Who has ever given to God that God should repay them? For from him and through him and for him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. The fundamental truth is this. God made him for himself to experience his transcendence, to experience his transcendence, to feel small when we're connected to him, his goodness, his greatness, his glory, his love. He has wired us. You were created and wired to experience transcendence in him. You're thinking, well, that sounds great, but how is that even possible? How is that even possible? Well, here's my answer to that great question. Ultimate transcendence is only possible, I believe, when we see the world his way. When we see the world God's way, we can experience God's transcendence. We can experience these moments where we are connected to something much larger than the world around us, connected to something much larger than just ourselves. Psalm 63 says, you, God, are my God. I earnestly seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you in a dry and parched land where there is no 
water. I have seen you in the sanctuary and behold your power and your glory. Verse three says, because your love is better than life. Because your love, his transcendence is better than any Panthers transcendence, any Krispy Kreme transcendence, even wedding day or childbirth transcendence. Because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. Verse four says, I will praise you as long as I live and in your name, I will lift up my hands. I will be fully satisfied. I will be fully satisfied as with the riches of foods. With singing lips, my mouth will praise you. My mouth will praise you. It is all about being able to really see, really behold, or really understand the world in the same way that God sees it. Seeing, beholding, and understanding the world around you the way that God sees it. This ability will produce transcendence even in your daily life. Now, maybe you grew up in a religion or a household that told you, well, you have to pay money to experience God in a certain way. Or maybe you grew up in a religion that said you have to go to this certain place, this certain building, this certain area to experience anything like this. Oh, wait, you have to wear these certain clothes. You have to put your hair in this certain way to experience God in any kind of way like this. You have to go on a specific day at a specific time and face a specific way to experience God the way you need to experience God. That to experience anything like a transcendence moment with God, you have to do X, Y, and Z. You have to fill in the blank. I believe that's not true. I believe those are lies. Here at Love Like Norman, we believe that everyone has a next step to take to finding and following God. That next step can be taken in your car on your Monday morning commute. It, it surely can be done in the, in the confines of this church, but more importantly, can be done at your home, at your dinner table, when you're laying down to go to sleep. We believe that you can experience God in a transcending way because Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit, finds residence in who you are. You see, grace is not opposed to effort. It's not opposed to effort. Grace is opposed to earning. Religion says you must earn the right to experience God. Gospel says, the gospel of Jesus says that God is available. Because of what Jesus did on the cross, God is available to you right here and right now. Take a step toward him. He's right here, right now. So my question to you today is this, what are the next steps that we can take toward the experience of transcendence in God? Maybe that word scares you, it, it scares me. It sounds so big, it sounds so foreign. Here's my answer, here's my first answer, I have two. You can enjoy, I can enjoy the transcendence of God when we meditate on God's love, greatness, and goodness. Listen, I know another very strange kind of icky word can be, especially in church, meditate, transcendence can be strange. Let me explain. If the word meditate scares you, you're with good company. It scares me too. I'm not talking about transcendental 
meditation where you're looking for the inside. I'm not talking about that at all. What I mean when I say the word meditate is focusing your mind. Focusing your mind like you would on a TV show, like you would on a conversation. Focusing your mind on what is true, what is good, and what is glorious about God. What is true, what is good, and what is glorious about God. It means that we block out competing thoughts and focus on what is good, true, and glorious of God. You can do that in your car. You can do that when you're getting ready for work. You can do that when you're getting ready for bed. You can do that at work. It doesn't have to be in a specific building, at a specific time, at a specific date. But focusing on the good, the truth, and the glorious things of God. Someone once said that if we know how to worry, we know how to meditate. Isn't that amazing? If you know how to worry, if you can focus on something that you're anxious about, then you're meditating on what's anxious. Focus on the true, the good, and the glorious of God, and that is meditating on God's word. Psalm 63 says this, I have seen you in the sanctuary and behold your power and your glory because your love is better than life. David did something really important. He took the time, he made the effort to behold God, to focus on, to meditate on God's goodness, his glory, and his love. Now, it's easy for me to say this, but do you find that difficult? Because I do. I find it extremely difficult. I mean, I'll blame my ADD and ADHD, but my mind can wander. I have a hard time focusing on anything. Anything I have a hard time focusing on. And I would, I would hope that I'm not the only one that's, that's the case for. And so we have to find ways that we can focus our minds. We have to find new tricks, new tips to almost dupe ourselves into focusing our mind. For me, uh, it's not for everyone, right? For some people, maybe for you, it's journaling or maybe it's drawing or maybe you get on a bike and you ride 60 miles and you can focus on God there. You lose yourself, not necessarily, you're not, you're doing what you're doing, but you're not mentally thinking about what you're doing. You're mentally thinking about what God is doing. For me, it's listening to music. I find listening to music very soothing, very natural, a part of my daily life. Now, I'm not saying music can replace scripture, can replace community, can replace going to church. But what I am saying that if you need to focus, if I need to focus my mind, sometimes I put on music, some worship music. Listening to music drowns out my other thoughts, my other competing thoughts. And it has this amazing ability to get me to think about one thing. It breaks down mental barriers for me. Music, I believe, for me, can do what spoken or written words cannot. When God's goodness, glory, and love become so big in the song, I can focus on that. That brings us to the second answer to that question about next steps. Maybe a next step for you in, in meditating on God's word is to experience transcendence in God. It cannot be about us. It cannot be about us. Your next step, my next step could be to practice self-forgetfulness. You see, God's 
glory and love can become so big that we lose our self-centered, self-concerned, self-focused, and self-important thinking. We lose ourselves to that. Romans 11 says this, all the depth of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God. I've read this before, but I'll read it again. How unsearchable his judgments and his past beyond tracing out. Who has known the mind of the Lord or who has been his counselor? 35 says this, who has ever given to God that God should repay them? In order to experience transcendence in God, he has to be great, not us. He has to be great, not us. He is good, not us. In order to experience transcendence in him, we have to decrease and he has to increase in our thinking. Who has ever given to God that God should repay them? If you think God owes you, that you are obligated to him to bless you, that he owes you an experience, he owes you something in life, then you are still way too important in your own mind to experience transcendence in God. Practiced, practice self-forgetfulness. Forget yourself. That's what transcendence is all about. We lose ourselves in these moments, in childbirth, in our wedding day, at a concert, we lose ourselves. The only difference is when we lose ourselves in transcendence of God, it's not fading away. It's bringing life to us. We're experiencing a relationship with our Heavenly Father who loves and cares for us. Who loves and cares for us. God has done more for us. And it's out of love, not obligation. And He wants you to experience transcendence with Him. The only way, I believe the only way to find ultimate satisfaction to our search for transcendence is to follow God's instructions, to follow his instructions, to see the world God's way, to submit to his authority, to meditate on the truths of his word. The bottom line for today, if you've got lost because you're thinking about Krispy Kreme donuts, which I still am, the bottom line is this. Can we get to a place Could you get to a place, could I get to a place where we could say, I find delight. I delight in submitting myself to God in his way, to his word. I want to submit my life to what God says is true, to what God says is great, to what God says is beautiful. I want to submit myself to what God says about himself and what God says about me. All good theology exalts God and humbles man. He has to increase as we decrease. When I submit myself to God, I find moments of transcendence that fulfill. When I submit myself to God, my will, my needs and my desire, when I submit myself to him, I find moments of transcendence, not in a place, not in a specific time or a specific day, wearing specific clothing. I can do this any day. I find moments of transcendence that fulfill rather than fade. They fulfill. They give me life. Let me pray for you. God, I thank you for 
everyone hearing my voice right now. God, you know, much, you, you know as much as we that we have been searching for a lot of things. And one of those things is these transcending moments, these moments that make us feel alive, that make us feel a part of something much bigger than ourselves. But God, we are sick and tired of those fading away. So God, allow us to realize that we were made for more. We were made for moments with you, for a relationship with you, for a lifetime with you that fulfill us, that give us life, that give us hope and a future, God. And ultimately, we want to say thank you for sending your son because of what he has done. We can have these moments, this life. We can have this relationship with you. It's in his name we pray. Thanks again for listening. You can find out more about Love Lake Norman at lovelkn.org. If you live in our area, we would love to have you join us on Sunday. If you're not near our church, we want to encourage you to find a life-giving church to be a part of where you live. That will be a key next step on your spiritual journey. Please take a minute, subscribe to this podcast, and keep up to date with our weekly messages. And thanks again for joining the Love Lake Norman podcast.